Hey guys, welcome to Rihanna's Lens, where I interact with you about the components in the STEM field and introduce you to fascinating people who passionately inhabit the scientific and technical frontiers of our society. My name is Rihanna Malhotra and I'm absolutely elated to share this podcast with all of you. On this episode, I'm joined by a guest who's a bridge engineer, podcaster and STEM advocate. He's passionate about helping others achieve their goals and helping communities in dire need of aid. I'm so glad to welcome and introduce Louis Duke. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to begin our discussion. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. So um, let's just get started. I wanted to know what motivated you to get into the bridge engineering field. I don't think there was anything really that really motivated to become a bridge engineer specifically. I've always just liked construction. Uh, my dad is an architect, so I was around construction sites a lot. Um, and I actually started my career in residential construction, just kind of as, as an engineer designing the structure for the house. Um, but I think the biggest just motivation was just my dad showing me around in the construction sites. I always liked just math and physics, and it just felt like civil, civil engineering was a right fit for kind of my interests and, and the things that I wanted to do. Yeah, that's awesome. So you basically pursued your dream that you had since you were basically younger by going through a construction sites. And of course, you had your strengths in the subjects like maths and physics. So that's just great. And right. um, secondly, what did your education journey look like then since you always knew you had an interest in um, these fields? Yeah, so I'm originally from Colombia. Uh, I moved to the U.S. to go to school here at South Dakota State. Um, I got my my bachelor's in civil engineering and my master's in civil engineering with a structural engineering emphasis. Um, obviously, as an international student, there was a lot of different challenges with visas and everything. Uh, but again, I always kind of wanted to be kind of the structural engineer. So even in the first few years of civil engineering, I was kind of always more interested in the classes related to statics, dynamics, uh, mechanics, materials, all that stuff. Um, the other class are obviously important to, to know as a civil engineer, but I think knowing what I wanted from the beginning kind of helped me take those classes that I really wanted as well as what kind of helped me in, in my career. Right, absolutely. So um, does bridge engineering also involve um, architecture? There, there's some bridges that do involve some architecture design if they're like really like aesthetically pleasing. Uh, but I typically don't really deal with architects uh, in as an engineer working with bridges. Uh, but I know there's some bridges that do require some like architectural aesthetics. Uh, but it's more so for how it look like how the bridge looks and how it performs basically. Oh, okay. So uh, then, what's your role as a bridge engineer? So I actually work on like bridge dismantling. So not like construction new bridges, but um, we we basically design the demolition of bridges. So whenever a bridge has completed its life cycle or there's need, there is a need for repairs or something like that, that's where we come in and then we design everything kind of around that. Um, there's different projects from like removing really big bridges like the San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge to really small bridges uh, here locally in Colorado 
where they're just like replacing a bearing and we just need to design a way to like lift the bridge, replace the bearing and then put it back on the bearing. So very different type of projects, but we basically just everything related to like temporary structures, removal of bridges. Um, that's kind of what we focus on. Yeah, that sounds so fascinating. So um, is there any big project that you got about uh, building bridges and that really uh, amazed you? Well, I started this job last year and I basically have worked on just one project, which is the Golden Gate Bridge project. And we're doing a variety of like designs for temporary scaffolds and maintenance travelers and all sorts of things for uh, installing this net on either side of the bridge. Uh, so that's been interesting. There's a lot of different designs, a lot of different uh, just challenges of working on like a bridge of this size and, and making sure that all the weight we're putting on it um, can be resisted by the bridge. So there's been some analysis of the structure and using uh, just different scaffolds and different has been quite interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, you also mentioned that you love uh, helping different communities all over the world. So can you give an example about how you do that? Yeah, so I've been part of Engineers Without Borders for I think almost like 10 years now. Um, for those of you that don't know, Engineers Without Borders is basically a nonprofit, nonprofit engineering organization that has projects basically all, all over the world. Uh, even here locally in the United States, but in, in other countries, in Africa and South America and Asia, basically all over the world, uh, where, where people are in need of infrastructure or in terms of like water purification, water quality, there's some electrical, sanitation, um, structural engineer that gets involved in that. Uh, I, I've been honored to be part of teams that have worked in Bolivia, uh, Guatemala, and Puerto Rico, which has been a lot of fun. And... It just presents different challenges. Uh, it's always fun to travel to those communities and see what the work that we do as engineers, obviously here in volunteering, it's really impacting hundreds of thousands of lives every single day, bringing them a very quality of life and, and just being a pleasure just to be part of that organization. Yeah, that's great. And also, um, so now you must be having many projects that you're working on as a bridge engineer. So currently, um, what are you working on? Is it all of the communities or just focused on where you live? So for work, uh, it's just been that Golden Gate Bridge project that I, I talked about. There's been some smaller projects uh, here and there. Uh, for volunteering, it's been mainly just Guatemala right now. We're focusing on a specific area in Guatemala. We have currently like three or four projects that uh, we're designing. It's just basically like water distribution and water purification for these communities. They usually have pretty good sources of water, like water spring or something like that. And then we just kind of take that water, distribute it to the community and then clean it with like chlorination or sand filters or something. So it's mainly those two big, bigger uh, projects in the area in Guatemala and for work, it's just been that Golden Gate for the most part, yeah. Yeah, right, totally. And so there must be also a lot of challenges that come with this. So um, can you explain some of the challenges that you face in your day-to-day -day life? Yes, I mean, for work, I uh, just like dealing with clients. I think that's it's one of the biggest challenges with contractors. Um, obviously, with engineering, there's always an iteration process that you need to go through. Uh, there's been challenges that just come from just thinking through the problem a little closer and realizing that there's a better way to do it. And then you have to go back and redesign everything challenges with like the geometry of the bridge is something that we face a lot just because we can't really move some of these pieces from the bridge and we have to work within the constraints that the project has 
Um, so just limiting our scope and limiting what we do to make sure everything is done safely. Obviously, there's going to be workers working on the bridge and, and all that. That's been uh, quite challenging. Right, right. And now you also have a podcast that you do aside from this. So um, what motivated you to start your own podcast and what is it all about? Yeah, so I started Internet Future, uh, the podcast, about, I'll say about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was getting a lot of questions from students and young engineers on a forum from ASE, the American Society of Engineers, uh, on like just basic questions like writing a resume or international students that wanted to move to the U.S. and what that process looked like, questions about how to find a job, all of these things that are, are skills that are super needed when you are early on in the career as a student or as a young engineer, but we don't, I've never really thought that in school, something that I have learned through experience, through finding jobs. I, I, I've switched jobs like five times in five years when I was in school and after I graduated. So I had to write a lot of resumes, have to do a lot of interviews. Um, so I was able to get that experience. I've been involved in different committees in, in different organizations on like business development and leadership and all these things that are super important for younger engineers to understand and practice if they want to be successful in their career. So on the podcast, I just basically bring a lot of different engineers from a lot of different backgrounds, from CEOs of like big companies to nonprofit um, organizations to um, just other younger engineers just trying to share the stories on, on really specific challenges that they had. Um, so it's been a lot of fun just to have those conversations. I'm sure you having a podcast, you understand the feeling of just connecting with more people. And that's been just great, great and, and just really amazing to just get to know more people in the industry and kind of network. Yeah, your podcast definitely sounds like an excellent initiative. I will definitely check it out. And uh, you're also a STEM advocate, right? So um, why do you think more people should join the STEM fields and why should there be more diversity? Right. So as a Latino, I mean, we only encompass, I think, 8% of the STEM field. And we're about like 30% of the workforce here in the United States. So obviously, a very underrepresented community in, in STEM fields, in engineering, science, technology, math. But as I talk to more people, it's kind of interesting to hear that there's a lot of people advocating for students in STEM, especially Latinos. That's kind of the, the demographic that I'm in and the people that I talk more about this about. Uh, but it's, it's just understanding that the more people, the more diverse we have in, in the engineering field, the more we are helping the people that really need in, in the community. So, for example, I am I work in bridges, but like if someone were to be like a city engineer and they're designing something for the community, it would be better to have a very wide diversity of people in that position so they can meet the needs of the community that they're serving. If you only have one demographic uh, as engineers or even leaders in, in any committee or anything, it's going to be really hard for them to understand the challenges and needs of the community that is very diverse and has a lot of different backgrounds. So that's kind of one of the things that I've noticed the most uh, just from talking to people. And I've met a lot of more Hispanics in, in STEM, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, we just finished Hispanic Heritage Month, month a couple of weeks ago and, and just seeing all these stories and seeing all the challenges. Uh, that's something that I've been just amazed by and, and incredible, grateful for, for meeting all these people. Yeah, totally. I think you put it perfectly. Diversity is so important in STEM. So uh, did you face any challenges being in the STEM field? 
I mean, yeah, I think there, there's been a few challenges just from some like interior challenges, just like mental barriers that uh, as Hispanics, I'm sure a lot of minorities face the same, just we, face, we put in ourselves just thinking we're not enough for a position, thinking that we don't deserve to be in a leadership position, or if we are in those positions, we just think that they are, we're given that opportunity just because of our background. So that's something I've tried to share a little more, just kind of those challenges that I face, obviously, as a young engineer, there's still a lot of things that I need to grow on, but I've definitely just have faced that, those many challenges of like imposter syndrome, just feeling like we're not enough. And, and the more I talk to people, it's funny to see that even if you, in the face of like social media, you think they're doing great and they're, they don't have these challenges. On the background, we all have that in our mind, all are thinking about that. And obviously, as you progress in your career, you start getting more leadership positions, you start uh, interacting with uh, higher people in, in the profession, maybe CEOs of companies, presidents, and everything, you start asking those questions. And I think that's something that as engineers, as younger professions, we need to just work on and hopefully the podcasts or all the resources out there are helping to show that like you're not alone doing all of this. You're not the only one feeling that you're not enough. There's a lot of people doing that, but at the same time, we also need to be proud of what we have accomplished and we need to just show our success and, and really celebrate that success at the end of the day. Yeah, totally. Like it's really unfair to uh, experience this impartiality, even though you may have the same skill set as the other person. So um, I think it's important through social media and podcasts that we eradicate this. Lastly, what advice would you like to give to someone that wants to join the same field as yours? I think the main thing is if you really want to be in the same field, like there's nothing really stopping you. Like, I mean, there's people from all different backgrounds, from first first generation college graduates to uh, basically anyone in between. And the most important part is just, just getting into the field. Like there's going to be challenges, obviously. There's going to be things that may not be as fun as you even think an engineer or like someone in the same field is doing. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a rewarding experience. Uh, one of the things I always tell people is just don't be afraid to ask questions. Even if you think it's a dumb question, there really isn't any dumb questions when you are learning when you are progressing your career and and your supervisors, people around you, they all started from where you are right now as a student or even a young professional with a lot of questions, a lot of challenges, and they understand what it takes to get to the next level. So asking questions, uh, seeking mentorship, even if it's just through social media, following people you can relate to, following people that you you think they, they are somewhere that you may want to be in the future. I think that's one of the one of the best things you can do, even if it's not like a direct mentorship relationship, you are getting interaction with some of the people that you admire, some of the people that you can look up to. And that's something that has helped me a lot uh, on my career, uh, just as I progress and, and kind of move up into a, a more maybe senior role in a company. And it's just interesting to see what other people are doing and how they are helping you, even if it's not like a direct mentorship relationship. Yeah, I completely agree with you. That's some really great advice. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much, Lewis, for coming on my podcast. I had a great time interacting with you and getting to know your insights and your experiences. To let all of you know, this podcast is now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. 
Make sure you subscribe to all the same platforms and stay tuned for more. Louis, is there anything you'd like to say before we log off? I just want to say thank you, Rana, for the space to just share this. I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy having some amazing conversations. And it's just great to see other people, other people really interested in STEM, sharing their stories, sharing what they love to do. That's something I tell everyone, like, even if it's a small Instagram account or a podcast or a YouTube channel, it's always great to have more people sharing the stories and just really championing for STEM in general. So, Thank you so much for having me and it's been an honor to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. But all the best for all your future endeavors. Goodbye. Yeah, thank you.